1: Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to All Elite Wrestling and the Elite Extended Universe. Uh, I'm Aaron. I am joined by
2: my good friend, uh, Nate. Nate, what's up, man? What's up, Aaron? It's me, your good friend. Um, hanging out. Watch some Dynamite. Duh, that's <laughs> I, 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 Nothing else happening. Cool. What's up with you? Uh, not much,
1: man. Um, I've been thinking a lot about only tonight, you know, only over the past couple of hours. Uh, but I I need to get your input on a very important issue in my life. Um, probably my life be like, I probably could handle this in the DMS, but I just wanted to ask you straight up and we're here, we're talking. How do you think Luke Gallo shits
2: in the onesie? Um, I think he probably takes it all the way down to his knees. Do you think that? Because it's necessary, or just because
1: he's Luke Gallows?
2: It, I mean, it it, it seems like it's probably not very hard. I don't, I've never worn a onesie, but why not? You know, half the time they're walking around with their straps down anyway. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's just a high pair of pants. <laughs> sure. So, and we did we saw on BTE that he's uh, already adept at walking around with his pants around his knees or ankles. So, you know, I think we can, we can interpolate the, the data here. And he just takes the <laughs> long pants, pulls them down to his knees, and then he uh, gets after it.
1: Okay. Alright. Well, we're also joined uh, by Mike Spears. Mike, what's your take on how Luke Gallows uh, takes a dump?
0: First off, Hey y'all! It's your old pal Aaron Mike Spears. I'm doing just as well as I did last week. Take it as you will. Um, you get his
2: catchphrases in, Aaron. Don't yeah, step on his catchphrases.
0: Don't step on the phrase that has that that I get reminded why I don't do the catchphrase when I don't do it. <laughs> uh, so here's my theory about the onesie, and it, it's one of those things that like if you ever see someone with like the straps on their gear, they are wearing a singlet and they just have pants over it. So he 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 goes all the way down to the ankles to take a shit. However. If he just if he's just going to rock a piss, he just uh, pulls down the pants and pulls one of the legs up on the uh, on the singlet, you know. I don't think Luke Gallows is anyone who's concerned about sanitation whatsoever. So, no matter what, he's not going to be wiping, he's not going to be washing his hands.
1: Uh, you saying Luke Gallows is sanitation has now made me imagine Luke Gallows as like a small town mobster <laughs> where he like runs uh, uh, sanitation Oh, absolutely. Thing, you know, like, that's very funny to me now that I think uh,
0: Like, he definitely has the Dixie Mafia energy about him, doesn't yeah, that'd he? that'd be so l- good. Like, l- like well, we should be thankful that there is pro wrestling because <laughs> if Luke Gallows did not have pro wrestling, he's either in the Dixie Mafia or he's in jail for being caught uh, exposing himself rocking a piss outside of a bowling alley. Like, it's one of those two things, right?
1: Congrats uh, to the big LG, Luke Gallows, for living so uh, his best life. Yeah, he's good.
0: Uh, okay. Uh,
1: we're going to do a, a podcast now about pro wrestling. Uh, we're on Twitter at everything. AEW. I'm at Aaron, like the car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji. Hey-ya. uh, subscribe to the podcast. You just, all you got to do, you punch in everything elite into whatever podcast app you choose. Uh, you click subscribe and then boom, you get these episodes as soon as they come out. Uh, if you use the Apple podcast app to do that, please give us a five-star rating and a review. And if you want to support this show, The very best way to do so is to head over to patreon.com slash everything elite. It's a very exciting month over on the Patreon. We've got a lot of good stuff coming. So we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But we'll kick off the show as is customary with Elite. Or Delete! The idea, if you're a first-time listener. Elite, your favorite thing from the show. Delete, your least favorite things from the show. Uh, We start with Nate. Nate, what was your favorite thing from tonight's AEW Dynamite?
2: Weird show. Um, I don't know that there wasn't a lot that was offensive to me, not a lot that I disliked, but very little stood out to me as being especially good. Uh, the one act in this company that has been consistently improving, consistently entertaining, consistently gaining momentum and feels like they're always moving forward and doing better things week after week, uh, turned in another good performance on this show. I refer, of course, to the talent who I was the first person to call good, actually. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Strong promo on this show. Basically uh, acknowledging, lampshading, and correcting all of the problems with the women's division here. Uh, Absolutely just speaking the truth that uh, she should get a title shot because she has the most star power um, and has the most interest and best segments and best ratings. Uh, But she's going to put in the work. She's going to show up on AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation in order to get her wins up so that she can challenge for the women's title from Hikaru Shida, and give this division a shot in the arm. Um, Yeah, Dr. Britt Baker, that's my elite for today.
0: And it's something that I feel like if you're someone who pays attention to AEW on a multiple times a week basis, it's felt like that this was the end point for hikaru shida i felt like like everything over the last six months especially has been building up Britt baker building up Britt baker she's been you know all over the shows and has really has like elevated her act or wrestling and all that to like be this force and i'm ready for this feud i think this feud could be very interesting and it's nice way to kind of build up to the feud and then you probably have the month of May to really run with it for the buildup for Double or Nothing if they want to do the tile change there. Because you also then have, like, the nice thing of the idea is can Hikaru Shida be the first person to go one AEW calendar year as champion as, like, a nice little thing as well. But, yeah, no, this promo rocked. Tony Schiavone rocked in it. Uh, Rebel rocked as well. Like, this was probably my favorite uh, out of the ring segment on the show. So that was a good pull from you there, Nate. If you're not watching
1: uh Dark Elevation, and Nate, I know you're not, uh, Britt Baker had a better, even better promo on Elevation before a twenty-eight second match with the Pink Dream, Alex Gracia. uh post match promo. Just she had it she did it all. Uh she was excellent. So a great
0: week uh for the she, good doctor. Uh, Aaron, she could do it all. She can do uh she could do amateur, she could do folk style, she, she could do Greco Roman, she could do freestyle, she could do all the other styles of wrestling as well.
1: Yes, she uh, made sure that we all knew about her uh, her variety of uh, styles that she could do. So she's great. Uh, Nate, it's not that you were first; it's that you were wrong and you became right, which is fine. That's okay. She got better. No, uh, so I,
2: I, I was just able to see past the badness, uh, the the illusion that uh, you know fools a lesser mind that can't see all the complexity uh in a wrestling character and a wrestling wrestler's potential. Um
1: well only well no never mind. Okay. Britt was good. Uh, I agree. She was good here. Um she's gonna get this DMD thing over finally after all this time. It's gonna work. I'm proud of her. Uh so I agree. Mike, your
0: elite pick from this week. So I did not see Nate pulling that one out first, so I kind of get a, a whole lot of things to talk about here. But I am going to talk about the TNT title match. The Everything Evolves uh, Produce match that we had there. JD Drake versus Darby Allen. These two guys had the match of the night. It was a exceptional performance. It was something that the build that they've done over the week to build up JD Drake for this title shot has probably been the thing they've done best, I would say, over the week. Like, from row two the great promo that jd drake cut on row two and darby's kind of counterpoint there the stuff that they did on dark elevation and then they came together and had just a blast of a match they had a just very inventive stuff like jd drake is someone that like he does kind of play off the fact that he looks like someone from the 80s but he plays off it in a way that comes off entirely sincere and now he's rocking the singlet just like you would expect someone in charlotte in 1978 and just doing awesome stuff that like shows that he like knows what he's doing with like i'm gonna like be a throwback but i'm gonna be a throwback with modern sensibilities like the insane like just throwing darby from the floor up into the robes and then clobbering him with a clothesline on the way down was insanely sick it just was the best thing that they had in their ring for this show. And it just absolutely rocked every way about it. And I had a great time with this match where there's a lot of things on the shows I did not have a good time with.
2: Yeah, one of the common complaints or tropes um, that's in, in the discourse currently is that there's just too many people on the promotion, too many people on the shows, not enough focus to you know, direct our attention to the, to the handful of people that the company really wants to be pushing. Um, and you know, there's elements of that for sure. We've complained about elements of that, but on the show, you know, you have JD Drake in a big title match and give them a lot of time. You have, um, bear country in a synergy match, uh, when they're a relatively new act and, you know, uh, certainly new to a national audience, um, you know, last week they were heavily pushing big featured singles matches with Cesar Bononi and QT Marshall featured in them. Um, so, you know, they're not shy about putting, like, not super established people on the television for big chunks of time, uh, which is what they did here. But match was really good. And I thought the commentary was unusually successful in uh, putting over J.D. Drake, which they haven't exactly done for all those other guys, um, just in terms of, like, yeah, you know, JR, you know, raving about how tough he is and, you know, getting in locker room fights and winning every locker room fight that he's been in. Uh, and, you know, he's been renowned on the indie scene and all this stuff. Excalibur had a good line about uh, where Tony Tony messed up his nickname and he's like, well, you know, you're lucky that I corrected you, Tony, and that JD Drake didn't have to. So I enjoyed that. The commentary helped this match. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was good. Very cool to see JD Drake in this spot. Um yeah, there's there's <laughs> there's a lot of guys in spots. Uh remember the gun club when they had like one main event on dynamite and then never wrestled on dynamite again. Anyway.
1: Yes, I have a thought. I have this very thought to discuss later in this show. So uh we'll get there. But yeah, I mean, I think to no one's shock, if you followed uh these two guys' careers, they had a great match. Um I enjoyed that they, I, I'd be interested to know whose idea the singlet was, uh, whether that was somebody saying, hey, JD, we'd like to see you in a singlet, or it was uh, him coming up with this idea. Uh, JD Drake and I went back and forth about his uh, his gear when he first showed up at Evolve. Uh, I never liked the trucks pulled up over the stomach. It's like, dude, if you're a big, there's been plenty of ass kicking big dudes in the history of wrestling who just let it hang out and kick your ass. Uh, If it's good enough for Stan Hansen, it's good enough for for J.D. Drake. But uh, J.D. Drake gave me the middle finger emoji for having that take on (laughs) everything evolves. So uh, that's fine. But J.D. Drake's good. Uh, He was good here. I I really I don't know. The commercial breaks really throw me off in matches still after all this time. It's like I've thought I wanted this match to be even better. Than it was. I don't know if just the, the break threw me off. Nate, you may have a better take on that because you don't see the commercial breaks.
2: Yeah. You know, I probably don't factor that in enough when I talk about batch links on this show. Um, <laughs> that I'm seeing a lot of match that the entire viewing audience is not necessarily seeing. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't I nothing jumped out of me at this of like, oh, they're killing time or something like that. It was it was just a well worked match throughout, I thought.
1: Yeah, I just I just take off when it goes into picture in picture. I just my brain cannot watch that and, like, focus on it as I would a wrestling match. So it's just impossible for me to uh, pay too much attention to.
2: On the subject of picture-in-picture, they did the Sammy Guevara picture and uh, picture uh, cue cards bit on the show, brought that back, um, which is great for the viewing audience at home who can only see what is written on his cards in the corner. Uh, but in having Fight TV and being able to hear Chris Jericho talking over it, uh, he realized about halfway through that the live audience couldn't read the cue cards at all because it wasn't on the screen behind them. <laughs> so it's like you guys really, you're you can't figure it out so that everybody's everybody's issues are solved here. Uh, my elite pick
1: is going to be an unpopular one based on other takes that I saw, but I'm going with uh, the inner circle face turn. That's my elite pick for this week. The the show long. Uh, turn for them starting with the promo at the beginning so they had to be baby faces right there was there was no way around that and I was a little thrown off the scent because Jericho shows up with the facial hair you know which normally would be like going heel all their shit is like all black you know so they're giving you that feel but obviously uh you want to hate MJF you want to root against MJF so his the people up against him have to be Baby faces and i thought jericho honestly nailed it of just like immediately making himself and this group seem more likable literally in the discord when jericho's face when they came out and jericho's face popped up i typed i am so fucking tired of chris jericho and by the end of this wow. i was i was back in i was all in yes the promo stumbled at times there's no question about that but it worked overall i know he apparently fed them Uh, the cheer, the crowd, but the crowd got into it regardless. So that's all you need. Then the other segments on the show, I thought very well played into what they were doing. The Tyson thing was, you know, that worked perfectly. The crowd went nuts for it. Uh, So it was good. Jericho won me over.
2: I am surprised. I don't disagree with you, but I did not think you would think that about this promo. Um, I'm not entirely sure why, but... I, I, I kind of expect you to absolutely hate this. Uh, I thought it was like, it had, it had some highlights, also had some lowlights. Um, there, were, there were times during his promo, especially where he was doing his shtick because he loves, you know, to be funny and have his little jokes or whatever. And some of those moments were like, man, the, the way you should be going here for your whole back in black thing is like, no, we're going to be ass kickers now. We're going to be, uh, you know, cool baby faces and we're not going to do the comedy stuff anymore so that kind of graded me uh but i i, I kind of think it worked for the most part um and the it had it had one good takeaway which i almost selected as my elite which is they actually finally have a feud deserving of the blood and guts match now I my big annoyance with that match in the first place was they literally announced the match with no feud or justification behind it and it's like you know it just felt felt low rent that they're just like, yep, oh, we're going to throw a gimmick match out there because we love gimmick matches. Uh, but now it's like, oh, okay, now we have a blood feud that makes sense with these teams for this setting. And now they can capitalize on it. Uh, and, you know, uh, hopefully the the inner circle, I think, should probably win that. Um, we, we have never seen Jericho as a babyface in this company. Um, and I think traditionally, his runs are pretty much characterized by coming in as a heel in whatever time period he's coming in and the crowd gradually turning in babyface because he's too entertaining or popular as a heel or whatever or heel. Uh, and so we get that once again here, it it's at least con- much fresher than what they were doing at the, uh, the inner circle up to this point, the, uh, where he cued them to cheer. That was not a thing. It's like, Oh, you know, he cheated. He just said cheer at this point. That was a thing where it's was like, again, seeing the fight TV th- feed, he was being charming and funny and saying, Hey, you guys, help me out. I'm going to cue you down to when the show starts. And you guys are going to do that inner tr- circle chant again. So everybody thinks that we're really popular. Okay. So people found that funny and charming. <laughs> and that was what really motivated the cheer. So it counts.
0: It, it, it's something where I was hoping that you were going to say, Nate, that he was doing like full on like Ace Freely. Like, hello there. Are we ready to go? Like I was hoping did, for that. It
2: did feel like, uh, you know, old time rocker dude when he came out and he's like Jacksonville.
0: Yeah. Like, like that's what I was hoping that they're like, Oh yeah, this is who he is now. He's just going to ask you like, Biloxi. I I'm digging the lighters out there. Like I was hoping for that, but I knew that that's not what we were going to get there. It, it It's something that I think that. Th- this was a pretty easy face term to execute in the greater scheme of things and it was something that it kind of took a while in it and, and it's something that like with as tacked on as mike tyson showing up it was it did come together by the end of the episode you're like okay now i fully feel like that they are fully full-fledged faces and it's something where it's going to be interesting jericho in this role as a baby face in this company especially now given all the shakeups shake shake-up, so they have going up and down the card and then you have to wonder i know this is going to be something that there's going to be a a portion of our listenership that will hate me suggesting this but is there a place for a face jericho main event run now like as like his way because he's someone that has talked about his contract being up soon he's talked about the option here he's done stuff with wwe as a contracted aew employee like like he is like a full-on if my information is correct, he is someone that is a full-on employee. And it's something like, are we going to get this run out of him? Because it does kind of feel like that he's someone that's willing to touch the waters of going back. And I feel like that if there's a countdown for this and he's not going to reassign, you might as well get the mileage out of him while you do still have it. And then you could have, like, with how different the main event scene is, maybe you can do a face Jericho run at this point. Am I way off base in suggesting this? Is this if this is me sadly having Booker Brain at 11 o'clock at night.
2: I don't really want to see a long main event run. I do think that if we get to where we all assume they're going with Hangman beating Omega for the belt and getting on top, you know, the logical thing to do is then bring uh, Jericho in as a challenger and say, hey, you know, this was the first match on the first double or nothing was these two guys for the title. And now uh, Hangman can cement himself as a champion by fending off a Jericho challenge I think that's a fine thing sure. to do from as a babyface.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that that's like a banked match that you want to burn if he's going to be eventually on his way out of the company. So I think you're absolutely right about that, Nate.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if I don't know if this is WWE brand, but it's almost like I don't want to give this guy a hot run if if he's going to turn around and go to WWE. I don't know if that's is that fucked up? I can't decide whether I'm like, uh, whether that's a real thing or not, but I, I don't know that I would want to put him back on top and just send him off to uh, the other company.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying that he gets a title run, but like as Nate said, like, he's gonna, he would be on his way out looking at the lights at least, and it would be in, in efforts of building up Hangman, who is someone that, you know, I mean, kind of back to where the issue was before his tag team with Kenny in a way. I think that's not unfair to say. Yeah, he's pretty much,
1: uh, he's gone backwards or back to like where he started, I guess. We're kind of like pretending the last year basically didn't happen, I suppose.
2: Yeah, it feels like he's just in a holding pattern waiting to pull the trigger on something. Um, I mean, I like kind of what they're doing with him while they have nothing else for him, which is that he gets wins and he looks like, you know, a top guy and a valiant babyface and a intelligent babyface in all those matches. matches. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that soon. I'm sure
1: we will. But what I want to talk about right now is betting on sports, folks. Uh, March is over. I hope, like me, you got in on uh, the points, Baylor and the points in the national title game, uh, because that was uh, very easy money. But if you didn't, don't worry. Our friends at MyBookie have plenty of other things for you to bet on. You just want to use the promo code Elite at MyBookie.ag, you get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. And if you use the promo code Elite, that lets MyBookie know uh, that we're the ones that sent you there. helps the show, uh, so we'd appreciate that. But we still have NBA going on, uh, Major League Baseball going on, hockey. Uh, F1 will be back fucking eventually. They're on like a three-week break, but yeah, it'll be back. Uh, I've already put some money down on on Max winning, uh, winning the next race. So you know we'll see what happens, Uh, but yeah, if if you are thinking about something you want to bet on, it's like you know you start to hear this ad read, you're like, hmm, here's something that I just I'm just feeling the need to get my money down on. Uh, You got to do it at
0: mybookie.ag with the promo code elite. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff up there right now, including WrestleMania bets. Have y'all looked at what they are? Have you looked at what my bookie has for WrestleMania right now? Because no. There's some ways here that you could be able to do this. Uh, Cesaro is minus 200 against Seth Rollins, which uh, that's a match that's happening that I was not aware of. We also have Braun Strowman minus 600 against Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, a sneaky plus 350 right there. Sneaky, I, I would they say. Were, they're
2: really striking while the iron is hot with Cesaro, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> now is definitely one. when we want to see him facing Seth Rollins at
0: WrestleMania. Now, here's one. Does Bad Bunny score the pinfall to win his tag team match with him and Damian Priest versus John Morrison in The Miz? Absolutely. L- I <laughs> literally
1: two- don't know any of this. Uh, minus I've been, 200. I've been meaning to ask our friend Thoros. Maybe he'll post it in the chat. He he did a tweet the other day about like two of his favorite wrestlers in the last 10 years are wrestling at WrestleMania, and he doesn't care enough to watch it. And I'm like, who the fuck could that possibly be? I want uh,
2: <laughs> uh, to... Th- is not wrestling right now. Owens and Zayn uh, are
0: wrestling against each other.
2: Okay. That I That's my guess. Be them.
0: That's my guess is Owens versus Zayn. Uh, other fun. Well, there's a couple other real fun bets here. Uh, will Logan Paul be put through a table at WrestleMania? If you take the yes, you're getting plus 900 on that. And then as well. So, so as Thor says, yes, Cena and Generico. So Zayn and Owens are fighting. Will Brock Lesnar appear plus 200 on that? Will CM Punk appear plus 1,000?
1: All right. Well, get get your money in on it. if if any of those you know got you excited. Mybookie.ag promo code elite. Bet anything, literally, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, let's get into the stuff that we didn't like from the show. I'm um, hoping Nate doesn't take doesn't take mine, uh, but he may. I'll I'll recalibrate. So why,
2: why don't you just tell me what yours is?
1: No, just go, man. I'll just I'll. I here's my real skill on this show, Nate. It's just mm. rolling with the punches, man. It's just, I just change, I shape shift when necessary. Uh, so it's just interesting something I do. So hit me with what you really didn't like from this show.
2: Okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I, I think most things on this show were, uh, you know, competent, solid, fine. Um, and when you have a show like that that like doesn't insult your time, but also is not firing you up or, or, you know, getting you excited about anything. Then it all comes down to the main event. And main event angle on this show uh, was very flat for me. <laughs> um have talked a lot about stable dissolution, stable forming angles, going in circles with will they, won't they? You know, is one guy mad at the stable? Is everybody else happy with the stable? They do this with a lot of their storylines, uh, maybe the majority of their storylines. And We got a retread of that with the young bucks and the elite basically doing the exact same thing that they did in January. I think when the, when the bullet club first threw up the infamous hand sign, just basically ran that exact thing back here. Um, I guess the difference is at that time, the bucks weren't sure that the, that Kenny and the good brothers were heels, but now they're like, obviously definitely heels and the young bucks still decided that they're just going to just going to join them. Um, This is, this was the capper, of course, to a match that had a whole bunch of looking at my hands and asking why am I so violent. Which uh, you know, I, I think most people are tired of at this point in time. So that didn't help. Um, the plus, like the the Bucks, the Bucks arc in particular talked about this on the BTE recap. Is like they just went through this whole thing where they were basically forced into being heels by the Adam Page thing. At least the Adam Page storyline had the. Uh, red hot Adam page in it. So it was like him breaking out of the elite was like a hot storyline for that reason. And just none of these guys are that level of hot right now. Um, and that was like resolved by the bucks, like finding their friendship with Brandon Cutler again. And that like led them to regaining the tag titles or winning the tag titles. And it felt like that was, that was a sort of coherent character arc. And then they just went right back and it's like, no, yeah, we have to be vicious heels again. Uh, Cause we're, because Don Callis said we're not winning enough, even though we're the champions who win all the time. Uh, it's, it's stupid. It was stupid to me. I didn't like it.
0: And it's something that I think that Don Callis has been the person that's kind of been carrying the water for this entire situation here, and it kind of makes, like, it, with, what he, with what happened with him and Matt, which has been all over their content for the last week, like they made sure to like have that slap shown and the video clip that was on Road 2 that was on here. It was also mentioned on Dark. like it doesn't it doesn't resonate because they've done this so much here and it kind of and, and it kind of just came off like such like a oh, okay at this point. And it doesn't just like the won't they well there won't they make everyone in the group kind of feel a little bit lessened because of how much they're doing it makes John Moxley look like a complete and utter idiot for believing in them. And like going in there and doing like that. And it's something where the, if we were playing Toll Extreme Warfare and we, you had this angle, you would hit, ha, you had the result. No one gained anything else. People lost Steam, people lost Steam, people lost Steam. Especially considering how much I've enjoyed Doc Gallows and AEW. And now I'm just like sitting here, I'm like, man, now I don't just get to see Doc Gallows have like weird matches with, uh, pack with, with pack and phoenix and just like doing like this now we're having this kind of stuff it's just was something that like, they had a good formula and it paid off for this but they had to go back to the will they won't they stuff one last time and who cares no, no
2: indication that it's one last time this appears yes. to be one of the you know five stories that they know how to do so well,
0: yeah like why should we care why should we care about the bucks now reuniting with kenny omega why should like people care unless you are someone who's a huge Bucks and original elite fan. You're like, Hey, they're back together. They've only been up for they, like yeah. four months.
2: Well, they just did it in January and then broke right. up again like three weeks ago. And now yeah. they're doing a big dramatic reformation of the Bullet Club. It's, it's it has no juice whatsoever. It's it, just it, it's it for the, for a story featuring, uh, the champion, the tag team champions and Moxley, who I presume is the ace because he always enters last on every show, mm-hmm. uh, just no, no juice or heat for, heat for this whatsoever for me.
0: Yeah, like it. I, I would like to talk to someone who came out of this angle, like being like, hell yeah, this is like this happened. Because I'm strangers. Man,
2: Flurry was the only person I saw that was high on it.
0: Okay. But I was going to say, I don't believe anyone actually is. So, Strenuous Man Flurry, who I don't we'll, know. We'll if see they... if
2: we can get Strenuous Man Flurry on the show. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I I, I got to say,
1: wouldn't be shocked if there's a lot of Bullet right. Club fans who love this shit.
0: No, But but
2: at this point, but, like with the Bullet I, Club... I think it, you're right, except they just did it. Yeah, and
0: we're at and we, a point we, they, what, You know,
2: the ratings didn't go up. We didn't hear a ton of buzz. You know, there oh, was a the sure. New Japan thing, which was cool, but... Uh, I, I don't know. I just, if it had been a great success, I would understand mm-hmm. going, oh, you know what? Actually, the Bullet Club thing, people really did want to see that. Let's cancel this idea of the Bucks turning on them. That would make sense to me. But it, it you know, everything just felt to the same level. It didn't feel like any peak.
0: And, and it's something that like we look at what we're being presented next week. And then I'm like, okay, a match that at least me personally and putting my all my biases on the table here. I, as soon as this match was going to happen, y'all know how excited I've been about Young Bucks versus Pac and Phoenix. Now, knowing like what, how they ended the show here, how can someone go into this match and going on another big issue on the show and thinking that you're going to be get, not getting some fuck finish? Like, how can, like, it, like, that's the frog and the scorpion. Like, it's their nature now to expect this. And it's like, why should I care? And why should I put the emotional effort towards that? And to be honest, this is like the most frustrated I've kind of been with this promotion since the bad angle to end the dark order in 2019. This like this, this, is...
2: this to me was the second flattest big angle since that, since that dark order uh, attack angle. First or for say, sure. it, it was like, Oh, I, this absolute go away heat from me. Like, Oh, this, this is stupid. I don't want to see this at all.
1: Just a reminder that angle was good. They did a million viewers the next week. Um, but here's my take on on that, which is, I don't know if it's me or it's the story, but like when they did this with Kenny and, and Kota Ibushi, I was like, this fucking rocks. Five stars. When they did this with Hangman and Kenny, I was like, this fucking rocks. Five stars. But when they did it tonight, I just like wanted to turn the TV off. If I were not doing this podcast, I just would be like, okay, well, let me move on to something else uh because i hated it but i think it's the story i don't think it's i mean i def i hope i've changed in that time but i think it's just there's not that emotional thing to grab onto i'm not invested at all in whether kenny and the bucks are friends or not and why should you be
0: like well, we've yeah, been, the- we've seen the last 4 months like why should you care yeah. about the will they won't they they've given you no reason and no absence to make the heart feel fonder about this at all
2: i don't i don't have any any is probably not true. I like the young bucks like a pretty good amount. Like I, they appeal to me um, as far as wrestling and as far as characters and as far as like individuals who's upended the entire pro wrestling system in the United States, um, and you know have shown uh, a above average intelligence and sense of humor uh, as compared to other wrestlers. You know with frequency. I don't have big emotional buy-in for the Bucks at all. They are not guys who, like, you know, they achieve their dreams and I, like, you know, have, like, a moment where I get verklempt or whatever, Um, you know, compared to, like, somebody like the Best Friends. Last last week's big show, Closing Angle, that I have just more emotional buy-in with those guys because they seem like more relatable dudes or whatever. Whereas the Bucks are like, yeah, you're whatever – have been millionaire successes for a good chunk of time at this point, um, so yeah. For that reason, this story just doesn't work for me on that same level. Where it's like, I don't, I'm not worried about the Bucks and Kenny's relationship in a fake wrestling angle. Like, doesn't ring true to me, and doesn't, you know, ha- have just the same weight or or gravitas as it did with Ibushi, certainly, and Hangman to a lesser extent.
1: All right, Mike,
0: your uh, delete pick for this show. So, it's something that normally does not bother me, but and Aaron, if I just poached this from you, uh, too bad. But let's talk. Oh wow, about, okay, wow. that's that's not how I played it. I don't wow. know if you
2: noticed that, Aaron. That's over. That's yeah. over the line, Mike.
0: I, I'm just going to say this here. You could pile in here. I'm just, I'm fired up. You, you, like I, like the I don't have the cop out this week. It's in for repairs right now, but. The, wrote it too hard last week. I, I, I mean, y- y- y'all know me. I, I'm hanging out the the top of the helicopter. I am hanging on the rail. I have a the worst in my mouth.
2: place to hang on a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, man. Don't do that.
1: I was gonna do a sound, but I can't think of what the sound. Of
2: the is. Uh, but well, Mike, no. Mike, does a mouth sound for the helicopter. I don't know yeah, if we'll this with
0: it. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah that, that. That's, <laughs> That's hul- so quiet, Mike. I know but that's cuz it goes it goes quietly and then no, that's, it revs That's cuz his
2: head is sticking out of the helicopter and it's is just hitting the blades <laughs> and keeping from going fast.
0: Oh no, I'm hanging on the rail from the bottom when it laying, lands that on like That is not you what you said. You said I said top of the I said hanging on the rail of it.
2: <laughs> but... Check the tape. He's going to edit it out when you guys hear this. No, uh oh.
0: Uh, Y'all should know at this point, over 100, (laughs) almost 120 episodes of this, that I will look like an ass on air, and I don't care because people find it amusing. It's fine. But interference. Let's talk about interference in this promotion. Usually doesn't bother me, but talking about the opener and how it kind of went on there, it's one of the uh, laziest things done where they did the old double switch there, but they do it so slow. Like, the idea with interference, and if you're going to do interference, like, uh, everyone knows Dragon Gate does interference constantly. It's woven the fabric there. But the key to make sure that it doesn't just get overwrought is it has to be snappy. You have to go boom, boom, boom. And all the interference spots on this show were so slow as Snails Crawl that not I, – I, I think the true sports thing, like whatever, like that's 2019, like get over yourselves. But if you're going to do this, you can't make your referees look like absolute idiots here. Because it makes the referees look bad and it makes the heels look lazy, but the acclaimed with like the boom, the fake boombox being thrown in and slid right back out, so you can have the chain thrown to Max Caster took forever and it looked like dog shit. And then you had like brawling all throughout, and it just under, it doesn't just undermine the referee or like people's like investment in this as like they putting it aside and like treating this as like an athletic contest. It just looks bad, and it's something that like they've become so reliant on interference at this point that. If you're going to be doing this much interference, make it look good. Like, like, make it look like you can make sense with. And that's not getting into the fact that they really have gone crazy on interference over the last few weeks.
2: Yeah, the first match, I think, was kind of just slow anyway. Uh, and that that did jump out of me. I Like I said, I like what they do with Hangman. And it's like, oh, you know, he, he fends off interference from two guys. Uh, does a cool moonsault at the end and then still gets in and hits the finish on the dude and gets the win. I think that's great booking for a babyface that you want to, you know, continue to be strong. Um, but yeah, they, the match was like a step slow. And I think that interference was like creative, but just too, too much for guys of this experience level to be able to do. Okay, I'm going to slide the boom box to you and you're going to do this and I'm going to throw the chain and I'm going to be up on the apron and you're going to do a flip. It It, it seemed like, just a step too complex or something so I, I i think the interference the the inflation of interference is part of their larger problem with how they do a lot of their feuds and stories which is that i just get the sense that tony wants something to be happening all the time going back to the first show on this promotion it's like you can't do an interview without uh you know an attack happening you can't do anything in this and this promotion without somebody running in and attacking someone else. It literally happens in, I don't know, 95% of the segments in this promotion. And they always want something to be happening, but they don't always have enough ideas for things to happen, so they just kind of go in these loops of one guy attacks the other, and the other guy attacks the other, and then they're breaking up, and they're getting together, and it's just there's always something happening, and it's there's just not enough room for things to breathe. They're just like to have Adam page get a clean win and be like, Hey, check out that fucking baby face. He's cool. Uh, and then, you know, it it, like pretend it's like at all a legitimate sport. Um, yeah, those are all that's sort of part and parcel to me.
1: Yeah. It's like, why does Max Caster exist? What is the point of Max Caster at this point in his career? If Adam page can't just beat him clean in the middle of the ring, like that's a good purpose for him to serve. I'm just going to, Uh, play this right into my delete which has to do with with the pacing of the shows because i've complained about the pacing a lot and it hadn't really congealed for me like what is the problem it just sometimes feels like there's a lot happening like too much for me to pay attention to and then uh there was talk there was some uh discourse this week and i nate i think you had a tweet about this but i may be stealing i may actually be stealing from you for my delete but it was the the point that they try to not just do too much stuff, but involve too many people in things on the TV show every week. But then that means some things just get left behind. You talked about the gun club, like they show up once and in, in a main event of dynamite. Austin Gunn gets the pinfall in the main event of dynamite. And then we never see him again except at ringside. And I it's like because of always wanting things to happen, they never can, other than like the top feud, whatever's going on, they can't just like zoom out and focus heavily on a couple of you know on a handful of people let those things develop and then once that story develops let them chill for a bit while you develop some other things it's like bizarrely because they've done such a bad job with the women's division they're doing a good job with that right now with the women like you have these little things That are percolating and that they're focusing on but that's because they only have to do one match a week (laughs) Uh, so they've shown the ability to kind of figure that out where we have some things now that we can sink our teeth into but with the men with the rest of the show it's just like here's everything and i don't know you figure out uh, what you should pay attention to
2: yeah i you know there's a lot of a lot of that discourse that i don't necessarily agree with like i don't think it's automatically a bad idea to have a lot of guys on your show or in your promotion. Um, You know, I think it, I think it can kind of create dynamic segments when you have people with a lot of allegiances and stables and stuff like that and have those bouncing off each other. And I like that they have interplay with like the Hardy family office has this feud with the dark order, but they're also pissed at Darby because of the events of the last couple weeks. That's all well and good to me. Um But Yeah. They, we don't get just a spotlight on the guys that we, that we need to see like a, a arc or something about their character that like gets people invested in them, hopefully on that, like emotional level. Right. And you know, Darby Darby is somebody who they've consistently obviously had an intent to build when they actually pulled the trigger on it. It was pretty much out of nowhere. Um, but he he was like the one example of like a uh, that Meltzer brought up is like here's one guy that's had like a solid focus and push week after week after week and even he will you know disappear for weeks at a time so it it it's a hard balancing thing because I do I also like the variety I like that on a given week you don't know uh, hey JD Drake's going to have a featured match this week that's cool to me but it does create other problems which is that like yeah what happened to the Gun Club like they. Seemed like they had potential. They had this whole uh, allegiance with Cody and stuff. They were in a main event. They got the win. And then just literally never again. Um,
1: they did a story on this show
2: about how Lance
1: Archer is in the main events and then disappears for weeks at a time. Yeah. It's like, no, that's a fucking problem with your booking,
2: not with Lance Archer. Right. I, that's a weird That's a weird thing because then the babyface agreed with him. He's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. Which, you know. Is kind of like I guess I guess it's like a lampshading thing where it's like you know the promotion and being yeah you know th- some of that discourse about you know people disappearing is right and we acknowledge that I guess that's good but it, it does you do like look at it sort of cockeyed and go I don't not exactly sure what I'm supposed to think about Sting <laughs> or Lance Archer in this like the the heel is is right and the face agrees with them but you know it's kind of like. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I don't have a great analogy. You know, it's it, it's Sting saying, "Yeah, you're right. You should, you should have this time instead of me." Is like Hillary Clinton saying intersectional feminism or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you're, no, you're you're the problem. <laughs> you're the one taking the time. Don't come out here and use your time to say that I should have the time, but you still have the time.
0: <laughs> and it's something where, so they they've usually have built this show at least Dynamite to kind of be a boom boom, boom, boom program for the last year and a half. Like, that. that's kind of been a thing about it. And I, I remember us talking about, like, the initial thing at Dynamite. We came on, and we're like, hey, a lot of stuff happened, and it all was awesome. And when you have stuff that all works, you can, you can go boom, boom, boom. But when you look at a show like this where we've talked about the Page and Caster thing about how, like, shouldn't Adam Page just pen him clean? Like shouldn't have to have this. But, like, when you had like had, like, all these things happening – and you have a, a show that had five matches. Like, this is, like, usually Dynamites are all six matches. You could pretty much slot what goes where. This is a show that they could have had a lot more time to let things breathe here. But the pacing with this, you know, just completely was just abrupt. Like, you have the, the whole thing here about pacing and layout here. So, at the end of Darby Allin versus J.D. Drake, it ends up being a giant schmaws. The Dark Order comes out. The Hardy family office comes out. And we clearly see ty conti and the bunny brawling like oh wait well we're gonna come back and i guess they're gonna have their match now no because we still have to have pinnacle versus jericho before that like it's not just the pacing it's just the way that the shows are laid out like if you're gonna be doing some gay ass booking you float that next match directly into that next match and that didn't happen here and just makes it not only feel like everything is happening but everything's happening in a very disconnecting manner if that makes sense
2: Yeah, it does. It it just a lot of it kind of makes every segment feel the same to you when it's when it's not connecting or hitting really big with you, then it just all becomes, uh, you know, the same level. Things there's no there's no peaks or valleys. You just get a plateau. Um, the I I think as far as like time allotment, the Q T Marshall promo that was on this, they had a video promo for him. I thought a, a pretty good promo. He had a Lot of content for it, and who had to speak very fast to get it in his allotted time. Am I correct that they didn't have a recap from the angle last week where they did the big attack on Cody? That's see, that felt to me like missing on the show. was we had a big angle where this new unit killed this top babyface uh, and you know beat the shit out of him, and Red Velvet and Jade Cargill were involved, and they're on next week's show, and I just think not to you know uh not to put over the wwe for anything but i feel like the wwe would have had a dramatic recap video of that attack angle in the first 20 minutes of their show and i think that was probably missing on this show Is like we're going to hear from qt later but hey here's this amazing uh you know horrific attack angle that happened last week's show and that would just make it would just lend more importance to that angle It'd be like hey Here's what you should be paying attention to. This was a big thing. The, this is a big star getting attacked. These are guys you should watch. Uh, and, it you know, it just kind of felt at that same median level as everything else.
1: Uh, listener elites and deletes. I, for, I forgot the elites. Uh, Chelsea, listener Chelsea. Elite, uh, Ty and Allie. Uh, the, again, these are Chelsea's words, not mine. I just want to be clear about that. Ty and Allie for how hot they both are. And how dedicated they were to just beating each other up. Uh, Chelsea's right about that. Uh, listener Delete, Patrick Cosmos. Young Bucks, grow up. Everybody isn't going to like you. Most of us learn this by the time we we're like 21.
2: Yeah, that, that uh, tie and alley match was maybe my favorite individual match on the show. With yeah. Granted, like, you know, I, I kind of you kind of know that J.D. Drake and Darby are going to go out and have a great match, so it's like yeah. your your expectations aren't aren't exceeded, but I've been saying Allie can wrestle. I'm glad that she's like wrestling matches on television.
1: I loved the Tony Khan interview where he's like, we're going to have Ty Conti versus Allie, two of our top women. It's like, dude, fucking Allie hasn't wrestled in months on this television show, but okay. All right. Well, Patrick's right about the young bucks. Uh, They should grow up. And the other thing that happens when you grow up is you have to start trimming your pubes. Everything elite is supported by manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. And, folks, we have an exclusive offer for you. Exclusive. 20% off, plus free shipping. All you got to do is use the code THISIS at manscaped.com. Has to be the best code in all of uh, wrestling ad reads. So, You're really proud but,
0: of it, and as you should be. As you should be.
1: I am. I'm very happy with it. Uh, they sent us all uh, their stuff. We've all, I'm, well, I haven't, I didn't like make everybody, you know, sign a blood oath that they'd actually used it, but I feel confident that everyone has used their lawnmower 3.0.
0: Oh, oh, Nate and I have signed a blood oath. Like, that's the thing. (laughs) We just, we we just thought that like we had to take matters into our own hands. Yes, we did sign a blood oath. But
1: but hold on, but let me tell you this. The blood did not
2: come from (laughs) from yourself with the lawnmower 3.0. That was mine. Fuck, I'm sorry. Cut in before I do my butt.
0: Yeah, with their Sorry. third generation trimmer that features cutting age ceramic blades. So we couldn't even cut our hands to do the Blood Oaf, even if we tried with the, with no. the lawnmower 3.0, just not happening. And also with the LED light, so it's a more pre- precise shave and is waterproof. I don't know about y'all, but I have terrible lighting in my bathroom. It's one of those things that with, with how with how houses are built, like you have to like you don't have a light immediately over the shower, but at the same time, you kind of need that. But, but like the the trimmer has the LED light to make it sure you have a more precise shave, and it's waterproof, so you know it's easier to shave in the shower. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: good. Uh, so make sure you use it, and the easiest way to get it is to order the the perfect package 3.0 on Manscaped.com. Make sure you use that promo code. This is you'll get twenty percent off uh, and free shipping. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Promo code. This is.
2: I do want to talk about my, my bathroom lighting. My bathroom okay. lighting is blinding. It is much <laughs> too bright. I, I put in a couple lower, like old bulbs in in two of the lights, just because it was overwhelming he- how how bright it
0: would get. Yeah, you, you wanted to kill the environment, so you put in, like, the old-style bulbs. Yeah, yeah, right, the filament. I, I,
2: I also put in a uh, fucking nightlight, because if I go in there to, like, take a piss in the middle of the night, and I turn on the actual light, then I will just <laughs> burn my corneas out. We,
1: it, our bathroom, bizarrely, our upstairs bathroom, bizarrely has two big windows.
0: So but Naturally, get... of course. That's what we want to have in a bathroom, two big yes. windows, especially oh. from the second floor. Don't get, can...
2: start. Don't get me yes. started on bathroom windows.
0: But I get this great um
1: natural light. Uh, so like as long as it's not the dead of winter, I don't even have to turn the light on when I take a shower. It's so bright in there and it's mm. and the uh, the bathroom is white. Like the the a lot of the tile is white. Uh, so I I get that not, and we've got a white uh, shower curtain. So you get a lot of reflection of that light.
2: And it's just and, nice and
0: bright in there. And Aaron, you wonder why we didn't invite you into our blood oath.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. in uh, my my verse here in Brooklyn, um, I was on like the 30th floor of some building in downtown Brooklyn and there was a frosted window in my shower. And I, I imagine I'll dream about that shower for the rest of my life. Cause I'll never have anything that amazing, uh, again, certainly not, uh, you know, uh, uh, uh condo in Brooklyn and the window in the shower, but it was absolutely gorgeous. And I, uh, wish I could take that shower again.
1: About to do a a big bathroom renovation at the Bentley house, so Ooh. I'll do, keep everybody I,
0: updated on that i I have a question because I was talking to Chris Samsa about this today. Do you have the notch to store your safety razors that i I'm assuming and from the photos I've seen and and from the video games you you you're not in an old house, but you're in a house that that's older, and I'm wondering if you have the slot for the safety razors that like go into the crawl space so where like originally there's supposed to be a container you could take all the safety razors out but instead i think it's something that big tetanus was doing like a really long slow play making sure that everyone would cut themselves with razors so be careful about that that that's around about way to say be careful about random razors that might that may or may not be in your crawl spaces <laughs> okay
1: no i mean I, the house is about 100 years old but the bathroom was previously renovated just not uh not quite what uh sb would like so we're going to Re-renovate the bathroom.
2: Turns out it's expensive.
1: <laughs> um oh.
2: subscribe to patreon.com slash. <laughs> please, please God.
1: Uh friend of the show, Cubs fan, chimes in with he did a journalism and kept track of how many people were featured on AEW Dynamite tonight. The final count was 72. That's hard to believe, but as I'm looking over this list, he's not wrong.
2: That is a lot. I did a count one time of how many. People were on WCW's like active roster in like, I don't know, ninety-eight or something. And it wasn't that much higher than 72. And they had many more shows to fill in terms of Thunder and also house shows where, you know, the big stars wouldn't show up to, so you had to have people to fill in those spots. It, uh, but it was, it was, you know, it wasn't like 150. It was like 115 or something. This isn't just the active roster, Nate. This is just the people who appeared
1: on television two night. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 72. It is a lot of people. And I don't know. I've been saying for a long time, roster bloat is not not a real thing. I think that's still true because you can just put these people on dark or whatever and make use of them and have them... You know, lose to Britt Baker in 40 seconds. That's a great thing for somebody to be doing.
1: Or put half on this week and half on next week. You know, you don't have to do 72
2: every week. But the key is you have to find the people that you're really going to shine a spotlight on. And week after week, now just forget about them. You know, at least have them popping up in an interview or a a recap video or something so that the audience knows what deserves their main event attention. I agree.
1: All right, let's get into uh, the rest of the show I uh, started with the inner circle pulling up in various uh, black motor vehicles and uh, walking into the arena.
2: This uh, w- What's really fun to me about this rebrand for the inner circle is that this is what Jericho thinks is sexy. This is how he described <laughs> their their new bag and black look. So Naturally, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, the most Chris some, Jericho
0: response ever.
2: Some 60-year-old ACDC song or whatever is just like the sexiest <laughs> thing he can think of. And, uh, you know, thank God he's got, like, Santana Ortiz there to look cool and bail him out on that.
0: Yeah, like, it's, Jericho definitely said, so what we need here is each of us need to get a black car. We'll make sure that we have some trucks. Sammy, you can get the Range Rover, and I come out in a black Lambo, and it's going to be sexy as fuck. Like, that's probably how Jericho would describe that.
2: It was, it was Lambo was kind of cool,
0: you know. Lambo was cool. What can you do? I mean, I, I've you know, not a car guy, even though this is a car promotion. Not a Not a huge car guy.
1: Uh, First match, Adam Page versus Max Casser, which we've talked about at some length in page one with the Buckshot Lariat. Then we had the Death Triangle out with Tony Schiavone. Uh, Tony says that uh, Death Triangle, or at least Pac and Fenix, are going to get a tag title shot next week. Best friends interrupt. Orange Cassidy says it's nice to see them all in a ring together again. And then we see on the screen, I believe they said from Revolution, where uh, they all beat up the best friends.
2: That was the... Pack for versus Orange Cassidy match, of course. Um, That's right. Just very, very funny where there's like no explanation or anything. They just jump right into this recap on the Tron. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, remember, we're going to do this feud now and here's our justification for it, um, which is, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess good that they made the effort to go back and justify why Orange Cassidy would come out and have a problem with this team. Um, but it did seem... Very technical, like, hey, uh, uh, Mookie Ghana, look up the last time these people interacted and find that's a reason for him to be mad at them.
1: It's like somebody pitched this idea to Tony and he's like, uh, well, you know, what's the reason? Somebody give me the reason of why these two teams would not like each other. Uh Yeah, so then Pac says, OK, you guys just want a shot at us because we're going to be the next champions, but you're far from worthy. So Trent says they're going to uh, get some wins, work their way up. Not a problem because they have more wins in this Uh, promotion than any other team which i did not know
2: yeah it's almost a duplicate of what baker was talking about he should have been like uh we have all the star powered we're the hottest team in terms of momentum uh and uh, you know fan buy-in so we should get the title shot and we actually have all the wins
1: and he says uh a little heads up the boys are back in town and we have an alien with us now
2: this 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 felt like funny Trent, and it just it just felt one step off beat for some reason. Like he comes out and says, "Hey Triangle," and calls him Triangle, which is like yeah. a, a funny Trent thing to do, <laughs> but it just didn't quite land. Whatever the timing was, like a half beat off.
0: It it's something where like I was so put off by like how randomly they did that video on the on the Tron that like it took me a minute to kind of get back into it, but. I do like the idea that they need to do a music video, Tony and Eli since the boys are back in town, and we need to have we need to have all four of them, you know, getting up to some hijinks. You know, I think that that's the way you really need to build up. It's like, that's what this promotion needs. They need more music videos. Like the, and, and then you could do, like, you have dropped a bomb on me and reenact the Fantastics one. Like, But, yeah, we need to have the boys are back in town on AEW Dynamite.
2: They should have a Mikey Rockus cover. The boys are back in town, but also crammed with an alien in there. So,
1: <laughs> exactly. There yeah, we go. Good.
2: Now I'm thinking of like a, you
1: know, they've got this uh, Rose to the Top coming up. Now I want a little spin off, but it's not a reality show. It's like a sitcom about uh, an alien living with the boys who are back in
2: town. I do. Did we talk about? Was this just a thought I had, or did this come up? That I think a, a Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy reality series would be super engrossing. Of like, hey, here's Chuck. You know, Chuck's old shitty apartment in Philadelphia. And now he's on television all the time. He just hasn't had the hasn't had the time or motivation to move, so he's still living there. <laughs> that that would be a television series for me. Yeah, it would and be good.
0: We'd have the cute dogs all over it, and you know, Chuck trying to help Trent out with his taxes. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's there's a lot of good storylines. Do Trent, we think that <laughs> Trent would be
2: the DJ Jazzy Jeff, Just it, it, coming exactly. in and fucking things up?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a. It, it, do you think that Tony Khan basically pulled uh, Chuck and Orange Cassidy aside and said, "Hey, we we gotta do something about Trent." Get him in the car and take him to a fucking HR block and get this thing taken care of. Because I could see that like actually be a conversation that needed to happen. Like maybe it was Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn seems like the guy to pull my sides. <laughs> and say, take him to an HR block. Like well, like he's well, we can't have someone be arrested for committing like the dumbest case of tax fraud ever.
2: I like to imagine that Tony called the con family personal FBI agent, which of course is actually a thing, uh, and was like, Hey, pretend that you're arresting Trent for failing to do his taxes and really put the fear <laughs> God in him. <laughs> that's good
1: all right uh the inner circle was out this was the the big jericho promo uh basically he just talked shit about everybody in the pinnacle and said that uh mjf that who he's now calling my jerk off friend which i was surprised didn't get a chant i really thought it would uh but it didn't uh and then he went at mjf for being a mark for himself and having uh, an old scarf gimmick like he used to have um Christian Cage was backstage with Dasha. Uh, he says, last week was the culmination of an entire year of grinding. And he puts over Kaz before Taz interrupts and offers Christian Cage a spot in Team Taz.
2: Just does not fit the attitude or uh, aesthetic or ethos of Team Taz. But I feel like this is probably not where this angle is going, which is that he's just recruiting Christian Cage. Yeah, I, it's a it's a
1: red herring. of It's an orange herring. Of some of some part, Jurassic Express versus Bear Country. Uh, Luchasaurus pinned Bronson with a standing moonsault. SB does not like Bear Country. She's all out on Bear Country.
2: Oh, wow, she said. I mean, she
1: said they could go to hell with that team that was in the <laughs> company the Young Bucks used to be in. And so it took us about two and a half minutes. The
2: dogs. To st- the dogs.
1: No. Uh, do you want to do more? Well, Mike already uh, knows probably. But do you want to uh, do more I, I, guesses, I, Dave? The I, Bristos?
0: No, you you got to think the kingdom.
1: Like, no, similar to Bear Country.
0: I mean, I was going to have like a bunch of names. I was going to list like the Knights of the Rising Dawn. Remember that? Like, I was going to call out a lot of these things, but you gave up the thing that I already know your answer here. So, yeah, I'm just going I, I to... I, I still I... not I still wanted to mention Knights of the Rising Dawn because that happened. It's it's War Machine. Oh.
2: Yeah, Don't don't really associate them with Bear Country, but I guess they're aesthetic there's larger guys yeah. She's big. she, she doesn't, doesn't like, like
1: larger guys she doesn't like hairy guys that's really mm, oh the, hairy they're too hairy that's really her
2: oh. her problem with them okay
1: and as i mentioned folks uh manscape.com promo code this is wow what a pro i know qt had a pre-tape he says cody's mantra should be do the work for me a pretty good line i thought uh he says cody couldn't even make it in wwe as dusty's kid that that was a, he had I mean, a, lot,
2: he had a lot of good content that's out biting. He out here. He, that's was, biting. he had so much that he had to race through every single yeah. line
1: yeah uh he said since he couldn't make it in wwe cody had to go to the indies and surround himself with vanilla midgets so he could be treated like the star he couldn't be which is all this is all true actually so that's, <laughs> I mean that's the best kind of shoot promo right Uh, He introduces his crew, Agogo, like, obviously is going to be the one who gets focused on because he got, like, his own promo here. As he should be. As he should
0: be. The governor. The governor is
1: here. And QT ends it. He says, Cody, this is my fucking factory. And Mr. Freak Beast tries to throw some blue paint over the logo, but it doesn't really cover it very well or, like, whatever he was trying to do. And he just kind of stares at it. And maybe I was projecting, but it looked to me like he was like, can I fucking do that again? Or (laughs) <laughs> I, was,
2: I mean it it's it's not easy to throw a bucket of paint at a, no. at a stationary wall it's That's harder not. than you would think for sure but yeah he, he threw it and then made like a motion like he was gonna throw another <laughs> another swing at it uh and then thought better of it so he like stopped short and i don't know if he realized he didn't have more paint in the bucket or if it was just like oh fuck i can't do another take we only get one take because i threw actually threw the paint on the wall uh but it very much amused me. It reminded me of a scene in one of the Underworld films. I want to say the third Underworld film, uh, possibly Underworld Evolution, where there is a extremely dramatic scene where a vampire guy throws paint on a on some windows for approximately six minutes in slow-mo. Uh,
1: Sting is being interviewed by Tony Shivani again uh jake roberts interrupts again he says darby looks like a gerbil for some reason and then archer also interrupts he's not happy with how he's being booked he should be in the main event sting agrees uh he says jake what's your problem you should tell him how to how to be in the main event or something ethan page and scorpio sky were watching ethan page had a button-up shirt that was tucked (laughs) into shorts but here's i thought this was going a few ways like first i thought archer was going to be like well, it's fucking Jake's, re- Jake is the reason why this isn't working for me. So I'm kicking you out. And that's what I thought was happening. Then I thought Sting was going to kind of go at Jake, but then that didn't happen. They seemed to still, you know, be on the same page. So I literally have no clue what the point of this segment was, other than God, whatever might happen with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought as you know, the Bitter Boys Uncensored was going to expand by adding uh, Lance Archer and 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 jake roberts um which would be god ethan
1: page having to put up with jake roberts i think could only lead to excellent content
2: his vlogs would be just so good <laughs> all right team
1: taz is backstage ricky starks thanks cage for them getting the win on dark he wants to let cage talk first taz says no starks is instigating we have to be smart because we have an offer out to a blue chipper, the real. 80-year-old Christian Cage. <laughs>
0: uh, real prospect. I remember for the longest time in Dragon Gate USA, like into like several years uh, into the promotion after debut, debuted, uh, they, they constantly called AR Fox the number one draft pick. There was no draft. He just was going to be... He would have been the number one draft pick. And they called him it like, a year after he was in the company. So his rookie year was over. Just, like, a bizarre thing. But we need to take some time and focus on our guys Hook and Hobbs in this. Hook out there with the guns out. And Hobbs just hanging out, just wearing, like, like 1980s basketball shorts. And it just was like... They were just there, like, doing this. And, you know, Team Taz still has the vibe down pat. And, you know... Don't really care about the Christian Cage angle, but we need to get hooked in the ring sooner rather than later.
2: Reminds me of when Fred Yehi was named the number one MVP for WWN for the previous year, and then <laughs> within like six weeks left the company because Gabe wouldn't give him a raise.
1: Yeah, that ruled. That was so good. Uh, speaking of Gabe, the TNT title match was up next. Uh, Darby Allen, the champion, of course, retained against J.D. Drake with the coffin drop after the match. The Butcher, I think, did a pounce. Oh, Darby, which ruled a pounce wearing a beret. Yeah, hard to beat that. Uh the Hardy Family Office, which I fucking hate that name. It's just like it's I really like it. I think it's good to me. I hate it. It comes, they come out. Bunny maybe wants them to put Darby through through the announce table. Uh, but Dark Order comes out, makes the save. This leads to Ty Conti attacking Bunny.
2: It's kind of I don't know if it's hack, but it's certainly well-trod ground. But I just I, I like Allie doing the I'm a crazy lady, I'm out of my mind thing. She's good at it. You know, JR is gonna say the Jezebel line or whatever every time, but I don't know. It is it is kind of hack, but I just think she's she's such a good performer that it that it that it raises the level for me. Yeah, it worked.
1: There's a video recapping Omega and Good Brothers versus uh Bucks and Mox feud. Jericho was with Alex Marvez, but the pinnacle attacked him. We find out that the rest of the inner circle is locked in their dressing room. We see them trying to knock out the door. Uh, very confused based on how the door seems to be designed of how this would have actually gone down. Uh, they're gonna power bomb Chris Jericho through a table, but Mike Tyson intervenes, fucks up Sean Spears, and then uh, Tyson and Jericho shake hands and squash their beef. So two things. Oh, go
0: ahead, Nate.
2: Uh, this is sort of the uh, uh, Endemic of this promotion. It's like, oh, it's cool that they made a big deal out of taking their locker room back last week and put their logo over it. And it's like, yeah, the inner circle's back, and this is our locker room. And then the Pentagon gets their revenge by locking them in that very locker room. That's like a fun <laughs> little storytelling thing. Uh, and then in the same breath, you have Mike Tyson comes out and now he's just friends with Chris Jericho when they were enemies last time we saw them together. That's like those those two things just kind of scrape on your brain in a way, and you're like, what. Well, why this and not that? I, I don't get it.
0: So two things. One, I've been asking around. Everyone's been asking this big question. Where is the Gooch? No Mickey Gooch Jr. at all. I mean, what are we even doing here? And talking about that door, Aaron, this company has had like some of like the worst gimmick stuff that I've seen in a long time. Between that, the explosion... The, uh, the, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, the chair that they tried to gimmick for Cody. Like, whoever's their prop master, I don't know, because that it's, like, you could see all the cuts and the perforation in the door as they try to break it, as it broke exactly how it was perforated. Come on, we've watched enough GCW shows to know that you don't need to do shit with an interior door it'll just break anyway. That's all true. Uh,
1: Brit and Rebel were with Tony. Uh, she said... They need to give the people what they want, a title shot for the doctor. Tony points out she's number four in the rankings. She says title shots should be based on star power, merch sales, and demo ratings, which no lie detected in in all of that. Uh, But she'll put her work in and climb up. So she is trying to get over that she's going to be on dark and elevation, racking up wins. Ty Conti versus the bunny tie one with the DD tie. Sheeta was at ringside. Uh, Bunny cheap shotted Sheeta, took the Kendo stick, was apparently gonna attack Ty with it, but uh, Sheeta struck back, got the Kendo stick, and that that led pretty soon thereafter to the finish. And commentary is putting over that uh, Ty will be the next challenger for hikaru Sheeta.
0: This match rocked. Like they were yeah, throwing each other around. Like like when the first big spot was that capture suplex that. Bunny took basically on her shoulders and head. I was like, all right, we're in for something. And I mean, this was a great performance from both of them. I mean, it was neck and neck between this and the TNT title match for my elite for this week. Yeah, it was very good.
1: Uh, then they did
0: a Red Velvet
1: Jade Cargill hype video because there's going to be a match between those two next week on Dynamite. And Red Velvet says Jade Cargill barely got it done in their first match. Uh, you call yourself that bitch, but you need to be that bitch who gets the job done. It was a little clunky, but I thought it was good. I like Red Velvet. She's good. Uh, Then there was the main event, uh, Omega and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley and the Young Bucks. Uh, The finish was like this. The Bucks wouldn't do their moves to uh, Mox, or to Omega, rather. Mox uh, gets pissed off. He does two paradigm shifts. Then he puts Kenny in the head and arm choke. Uh, But the Bucks save Omega by super-kicking Mox. Uh, Eddie comes out, but the Good Brothers beat him up. Then the Good Brothers hit the Magic Killer on Mox, drag Omega over to pin him. Uh, After the match, they want the Bucks to super kick Mox again, I suppose. And they do, but they seem very conflicted about it.
2: And they hug. They did a hug instead of the infamous hand sign this time.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't like it, so I don't know. It
2: felt to me like the crowd when Matt Jackson was doing his, oh, I can't attack him thing. It really felt like commentary didn't want to see it. The crowd didn't want to see it. I mean, I guess that's yeah. not the worst thing because then he did like turn heel. So I guess, okay, fine. He, you know, the crowd isn't supposed to like him now anyway. But I don't. I just don't think people want to see that at this point in time. I don't. That's for sure.
1: All right, that was dynamite for this week. Uh, if you'd like to support everything elite, the best way to do so is to head over to Patreon.com/slash Everything Elite and subscribe. Uh, Mike is carrying the load right now. He did a big. Weekend uh, WrestleMania weekend preview uh, this week, and he may very well have a WrestleMania weekend review uh, with Brother Drew next week.
0: Yeah, uh, as as I said on the show, as soon as I thought I was out, Drew brought me back in. We're going to be doing some WrestleMania stuff. We might have a pretty uh, fun way of doing the review, but I right now have the spreadsheet up of all the shows that release are on, iwtv and the fight network and boy considering how ticket sales has been in tampa for these shows there's just they sure is a lot of them i sure hope that uh you know people don't get sick
1: yeah sure sure would be a shame if somebody had to watch a ball
0: i it's physically impossible. Like, I thought about this for a second. I, this was never going to happen, guys. Like, I, like I trust you all enough as friends and colleagues that you'd step in and say, Mike, we don't want you to be doing this. But there are at least 25 shows that are streaming between third, between Wednesday and, and Sunday. Like, it's impossible. Like, you, you would have to go without sleep and basically be watching two things at the same time.
1: Well, we look forward to you doing that, Mike, and uh, handling that for us. Uh, also, I'll let everybody know, since I've been teasing it quite a few times, it is now in the can, Mixtape Club episode with Murder Brian from Street Fight. So it has been recorded. It will be on the Patreon this month. Uh, we talked about, uh, the, the music that we talked about is Christian metalcore, but this led to us talking about uh, masturbation, uh, abortion, and about... Hmm, what was something else funny that that Brian talked about? A lot of
2: good else? What else is funny? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Masturbation and abortion are hilarious, of course. Um I can't remember what else we talked about, but the whole episode was good. And I immediately after it, I went ahead and wrote the uh the blurb, the description on Patreon and saved it as a draft because I knew I would forget later what the funny bits were. So It's good. So it's patreon.com slash everything elite. We got three tiers. The $5 tier will get you all the audio we do, uh, but the $8 tier will get you uh, the show live on Wednesday nights and the YouTube archive, you know, all the way up until it goes up on uh, the free feed. So please join us uh, next week on Dynamite. Well, before that, on April 9th, they will have uh, the house show. The house always wins. And we did find out that that is going to be taped. So we don't know if we'll ever get to see any of it, but it will be uh, on film somewhere. Not on film. It'll be on digital, but it exists.
0: Yeah, uh, I wonder if if the fan cam operator will begin running a promotion in six years, just like one of our favorite people, Aaron. That's true. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Uh, Next week on Dynamite, Anthony AgoGo's in-ring debut, uh, Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Chris Jericho versus Dax Harwood. Mike Tyson will be the guest referee, and the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle are banned from ringside. Uh, Darby Allin will defend the TNT title against Matt Hardy in a Falls Count Anywhere match, and uh, the Young Bucks will take on Pac and Fenix. Uh Nate, I hope you will join me in turning against Matt Hardy if he becomes the TNT champion.
2: Yeah, not really worried about it. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got Sting there to back him up i don't really know who's who's in line to god i i i guess maybe his pairing with uh scorpio sky alleviates my fears that they're gonna do ethan page and have ethan page be the big view for darby right (laughs) um yeah i don't it's not gonna be Matt hardy
0: so looking at this card and knowing what happened today this tape show looks so much more loaded that if you were going to go up against NXT, who was doing part one of the TakeOver on their last week on Wednesday, I think I would put this show that they are taping up against it versus what we had tonight. Am, am I alone in that? Was
2: tonight the TakeOver? I thought tonight was the TakeOver. Yeah.
0: yeah tonight. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Part one was tonight on USA. Part no, you're two. You're comparing
2: the house show to tonight's card?
0: Oh, no. I'm talking about next week's taped show that they're, that they're having that will be completely okay. free next and Next week's clear. Dynamite. Yes, okay. exactly. Next week's dynamite.
1: I'll be shocked if NXT doesn't beat uh, AW in the ra- in the ratings this week. Stunned. AW in the mud. AW in the mud. Uh, and then May fifth, we found out we'll have the Inner Circle versus Pinnacle Blood and Guts.
2: Um, not not shying away from the blood and the hardcore stuff, despite nope their lagging female viewership. And they I... must
1: expect they'll have even more fans uh, by May. In the crowd.
2: I think I'm going to a live wrestling show in May because I I got the vaccine scheduled. My friends are all vaccinated. So that's what's up.
0: I'm going to have a pat. I'm going to have a cookout in May. That's what I'm looking forward to.
1: I'm fully, like, I've had both shots and it's been, you know, more than two weeks since the second one. And I still don't fucking do anything. (laughs) I'm just still very paranoid about it for some reason. Can't explain. All right.
0: All right there, Earl Sweatshirt.
1: Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, but if the Rage Against the Machine Run the Jewels show happens in July, I will be going to that. That's my that's my line. I'm, I'm
2: doing that. Absolutely going to the rescheduled Hatsun Miku concert whenever that happens. Yeah, don't blame you. So maybe I'll go to Lollapalooza this year. I haven't been to Lollapalooza in like a decade. I'm probably too old for it. But, you know, it's, you know, going outside is back.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that Lollapalooza is definitely still happening.
2: It's typically August, I believe, and it really feels like, you know, Illinois will have had ample opportunity to get vaccinated by then. So the people that don't have vaccines by that point, I would imagine are people that aren't intending to get them. So what can you do at that point?
1: Yeah. I think we've already done on this show where we looked at the Lollapalooza. uh, (laughs) We definitely (laughs) did. So I'm not going to do that again, even though I'm looking at
2: it. I pulled up uh, (laughs) the Argentinian one or something. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, okay, I won't do it. I've I've been trying to talk myself, although it looks like I am just too late on it, so I couldn't do it. But I've been trying to talk myself into going to Bonnaroo, because the lineup is pretty sick.
2: But um, I think I was too late. So, Trying to see some string cheese incident, are you? Uh,
1: I I think I've been at like five festivals where they've played (laughs) in my life. Sounds about right. And I don't think I've ever watched them one time.
0: (laughs) Right course of action right there. Yes.
1: Uh, okay, that's the show. At Everything AEW is our Twitter account. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji hey, uh, Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, go to patreon.com slash everything elite. Use the promo code elite at mybookie.ag and use the promo code thisis at manscaped.com. Uh, those are all my plugs for Mike, for Nate. I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.